Hello there and welcome to episode 86 of the Value Through Vulnerability podcast. Today I am very excited to bring you Lubna Forsley Badir. She is an awesome human being, somebody that has created a business called Stories, uh, someone that faced the Lebanese war um, in the most tragic of circumstances, but has grown through it, has used her life experience to serve. Um, and I just think you're going to take so much away from this beautiful conversation with Lubna. Um, she's a TEDx speaker. Um, do go and have a look at that TEDx talk. You'll find it in the show notes. But a couple of the uh, key takeaways for me to whet your appetite were when Lubna spoke about the fact that all of these things that you work so hard to chase are replaceable, such as money, such as materialism, um, you know, things, products, purchases, even money, you know, all of these different things are replaceable. She then speaks, which I think so powerfully, that I really believe that mothers are irreplaceable. And I think that sometimes mothers are taken for granted, um, especially when they want to come back into the workplace, um, and that mothers also have the propensity to change the world. And this makes me think as well of my good friend, uh, Laura Izzard, who does a lot of work uh, under her other pseudonym, Comeback Girl. You know, mothers are irreplaceable. How many things in life are truly irreplaceable and therefore should be valued as such? So there's a couple of quite deep insights early on that give you a, give you a measure of where this conversation goes. It's a beautiful conversation. We hope that you'll join Lubna and I, and we look forward to your feedback shortly. Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity. And this morning, I'm so grateful to have Lubna Forsley from the founder and the managing director of Stories. So welcome to the podcast, Lubna. Thank you. Good morning. Well, look, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I have to say, I, one, love your TED Talk and be your company so would you mind maybe just speaking a little bit about what was the origin of stories how did that come about from you um so i i called my company stories because i really uh, believe that the only thing that really matters on our deathbed is the story we leave behind um and i this basically um, is inspired by my childhood because i lived um, a childhood through through the Lebanese War, um, and because I've had I had gone through that, I had actually seen people die right in front of me. I had seen buildings fall right in front of me, um, and 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 when you go through something like that, you realize that everything in life pretty much is replaceable. Buildings are replaceable, homes are replaceable, clothes are replaceable, money is replaceable, and it kind of gives you perspective on life. It makes you realize that all of these things that you work so hard to chase are replaceable. But the one thing, or one of the few things that are irreplaceable in life is that story you leave behind, because on your deathbed, that's the only thing that you leave behind. Um, so that name was inspired by my childhood, um, but I, I choose to see it in a very, with a very positive life. So I, I believe that stories move the world. Uh, positive stories of the world so that's why I called it story it's it's so beautiful thank you so vulnerably you know straight into the, the theme of this podcast Livna you know speaking about that journey and 
I can only, well, I can't, I can't even imagine what it must have felt like to have experienced that war firsthand, Lubna, really. Uh, it's actually, uh, I mean, now I look back on it uh, and I think it's, uh, it's not so much a positive thing, but it can be seen as a very positive thing. I think if you look at my character today, um, it has taught me some of the most positive things in my life. Like I'm quite um, a strong character by nature, but I think that was inspired by my childhood. It taught me to have faith. Um, it taught me to keep things in perspective. Uh, it taught me to find a solution. You know, there were days when we used to wake up and the electricity would be off, for example, and we'd have no AC or no heat, um, nothing to cook with because there was no, you know, the cooker wasn't working, um, no light. So, so when you go through something like that, you also learn to find a solution for every problem. And I find sometimes in life, a lot of people find a problem for every solution and I try to do the opposite. Um, so you become very solutions oriented. So, and I think that's a really good skill to have. So overall, um, I think it has been a really good thing that has shaped me. Um, and now I'm a mom myself and I look at what my kids go through and how they respond to fear. And sometimes it pisses me off. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I've gone through like, <laughs> you're scared of the spider. Come on, it's just a spider. I've gone through much worse in my life. But it's hard because kids don't understand that and they don't relate to that. Um, but yeah, I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as a good thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's really powerful. And I, and I can really see that from you know, your TED talk, from your journey, from how you even communicate. It's really inspiring and I think there's a lot of parallels aren't there with sort of there seems to be a lot around mindset here as well I'll come on to the work you do around storytelling there seems to be this thing around what are the stories actually that we tell ourselves that stop us being yeah. that best version or stop us dealing with our fears or stop us just almost trusting ourselves a bit mm -hmm. I agree I agree I think people are driven and very impacted by fear and I think, um, you know, they shouldn't be, you know, I was talking to uh, doing a podcast with another lady about two months ago and we were talking about fear and she, she just stopped me for a second and she's like, you know what, you should be actually just become a fear consultant, <laughs> charge people a lot of money for that <laughs> because you can make a lot of money from teaching people how to deal with fear. And um, maybe she's right. Maybe one day I'll become that. Um, but I think, you know, you look at, you step back a little bit on life and you realize that the reason why people like Tony Robbins do really well, apart from the fact that he's super, he delivers his message really well, is because he helps people overcome fear. He helps people find courage. He helps people find meaning. And at the end of the day, that's what people are looking for. They're looking to find meaning. They're looking to find purpose. They're looking to find a way to have the courage to overcome whatever is stopping them from finding these things. So I think it's really, really important to work on that as much as possible. I mean, that's, uh, for me, it was, it's not something that I, it just, it just happened because I had to go through that, right? So it's not something that I had to teach myself. It just, it was a consequence of my life. But I look at how I raise my kids now and I find them quite fragile compared to what I went through. Um, and I try somehow to step back every once in a while and, and think, how could I make them face fear in a better way? How could I make them more resilient? Because um, that's, that's hard to teach, right? <laughs> mm. 
it's it's really interesting, isn't it? Because you sort of what I hear as you talk, Lubna, and also certainly what I see across my network and indeed across the world is this you know, the fact you and I can connect now as we are over this technology and record this wonderful conversation. It's the same technology that almost gives us too much information at once. So it's almost like this paradox, isn't it, to some right. extent? Mm -hmm. so, so, so how do we... I agree. And I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, please. No, 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 go ahead. I, I was just also really interested in, you know, as well as the stories that we leave behind, which I think is so powerful, and I've really started thinking a lot about that myself, is you speak beautifully in your TED Talk, and I'd like to explore this a bit with you as well, is around, you said, motherhood, that nobody leaves mm -hmm. like a mother. And one of the things that mm -hmm. struck me more than anything is when you reference the word unconditional. And I'd love to, speak, mm -hmm. I'd love to hear you speak a bit more about that, because I don't think we have enough unconditional care in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the reason why I brought this up uh, in my TED talk is be, I really believe that um, mothers are irreplaceable. And I think that sometimes mothers are taken for granted, especially when they want to come back into the workplace. Um, you know, I, I counsel, I'm a partner with a, a, an entity that helps mother come back into the workplace. And I, you know, regularly interact with a lot of mothers and they constantly feel like when they go to interviews, they constantly get asked, so what did you do? And, oh, oh, you were just a mother. And it kind of pisses me off when I hear that. What do you mean you're just a mother, just a mother? You are where you are today because a mother raised you. Mm. Um, so that, that sentence, just a mother, for me doesn't work. And I really believe that you can take everything away from me today. You can take away my project. I can find a new project. If I have the brain to find a new project, you can take away my job. So many people hang on to their seats and it's completely irrelevant because you can take away my seat or my job. And I, if you have the brain and everybody has the brain, right? You just snap out of it and find another job. Um, so for me, the, that job that you can't take away from anyone is that job of a mother. And unfortunately, it's taken for granted. Um, so, so that's the reason why I referenced it. But I really believe that moms are amazing leaders. I, I don't feel I've slowed down because I've become a mom. I think I have more power in me today because I'm a mom, because I have a better mission in life or a bigger vision and mission. And I treat my kids with unconditional love because that's natural. Um, do I do that at work every day to everyone? No. I mean, I have to be honest and vulnerable here and say, you know, no, sometimes I don't treat people with unconditional love. Sometimes I treat people um, in maybe a tough way um, because at the end of the day, when you run a business, you're, you're not running a charity. And even if you're running a charity, you still have to deliver on certain outcomes for the good of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so therefore, you have to find a way to manage people and keep people in check. But at the end of the day, what I believe is that if you find the right people who actually believe in your vision and who share your values, and they have the right skills to deliver what you need, then these need to be treated with unconditional love. Um, because you need to just say, nobody's perfect. This person has X good qualities and X bad qualities, but I'm going to take this person holistically and I'm going to love them holistically and I'm going to um, grow them holistically. 
and accept them for who they are holistically, like you do for your own children. You know, nobody is perfect again. Um, but do I do that for every employee? No, I don't. Uh, I'm being honest with you because not every employee fits in every environment and not every employee has your best interest and not every employee wants to deliver. Um, and, but I do that for, in my view, whoever I deem is right and shares my purpose and has my best interest. And then, then and there, I actually go out of my way to reward them. That's wonderful. Look, but that resonates so much. And I really love how you've spoken about you've spoken about meaning and purpose and sort of connection as well. And I just think it's so powerful that it is easier to be unconditional when people are truthful, you know, trusting, you know, they show up. You know, it's not a case that you're judging or we're judging people um, based on the fact that they're good or bad or anything. We're just saying, look, do you believe? In the mission that we're you know the bus we're on together you know do you believe in that bus or not and if not maybe it's the wrong bus <laughs> absolutely i believe that with all my heart i think you know uh, i'm a huge believer in simon sinek's work uh, start with why mm -hmm. um, and he always connects the why of the company to the why of the individual and when you have the why of the individual connected to the why of the company that's when you create magic together and that's a sign of successful companies so i always encourage companies when they are recruiting people to make sure that they ask them why 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 do you want to come and work here and to make sure that they're not bringing in people just for the sake of the job or just for the sake of getting that paycheck at the end of the month but rather to bring in people who actually are connected to the vision of the company and genuinely want to be there to make impact Wow, my, you've really got my, you've really got my um, little buzz going now, Lubna. I tell you why, because I'm just think, I'm reflecting on your, one of your irreplaceables, which is what story will you leave behind? And what I'm mm -hmm. hearing, what you just described is, do we, if we work with or work in organizations, do we spend enough time, A, discussing and making sure we are aligned to that why? And indeed, do we even see that as a collective story that we're going to leave behind? Absolutely. I believe that with all my heart. And you know, to, to be frank and fair, life is full of ups and downs for me and for everyone who's listening. And there are times in your life when you may need to work for the sake of the paycheck because it's a survival issue. Um, but if you are in that situation, I think it's really important to do it with integrity and to do it with purpose as much as possible. So you realize that you're actually there because you need the money to be there. Um, but while you're there to get that paycheck at the end of the month, you do it with as much purpose as possible. Um, but that won't fulfill you in general. I think you'll feel much more fulfilled if and when you have a chance in life um, and that's a case where it's not so much linked to your survival mode, to be honest, because uh, I've had both in my life. Um, uh, and when you're not solely relying on that job for survival uh, and you know your purpose and you know the company's purpose, then there's where magic happens because you're actually there because you want to make impact in the world and you want to be in a place that actually accommodates that. Beautiful. I, I, 
I really love that. And, you know, sometimes this, you know, if I think about some of the organizations I speak to or across the network, you know, this word purpose, although it's definitely becoming more mainstream, you know, if you look at look, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the business roundtable in the US, you know, BlackRock, we're talking about the importance of, you know, sustainable investment a couple of years ago. But I think it's quite scary for a lot of the, certainly, you know, let's be honest, men um, that are maybe a bit older, look cut the color skin that I have leading a lot of the organizations today. Um, how, do we, how do we help make it safe for maybe people, senior leaders, leaders of organizations all over the world that are not used to having this conversation around aligning with a why or purpose or creating meaning for people? Do you have any advice around storytelling that might help senior leaders step into that space? Um, I think maybe they're not comfortable because men by nature, especially those that have families, feel like they they have to get that paycheck at the end of the month so that their family can survive. Um, And perhaps that's why they react the way um, they do. I think the best way to convince them to act otherwise is to make them realize that you're still going to get that paycheck at the end of the month and more. You're going to get that paycheck and have a much more fulfilled life. And because you're going to have a much more fulfilled life, your family is going to be better overall because you're going to, be happier um, and and when you are like that and you live a more fulfilled life and a life of purpose your entire organization becomes like that so you become more productive and you become more profitable um, and then you can get that paycheck plus plus because you're overall as a company much more profitable so I think they need to see the bottom line especially with men who are in senior positions, they, at the end of the day, they want two things. They want the bottom line for their company because they're under pressure to deliver the bottom line. And they want that paycheck at the, on a personal level. So on a professional level, they want to meet the bottom line for the company for professional purposes. But on a personal level, they want to get that paycheck at the end of the month so that their family can survive. So the best way to convince them to, to talk about purpose and to lead with purpose and to live with purpose is to make them realize that when they do, they're going to actually enhance these two things. They are still going to get the paycheck plus more, hopefully, because their company is going to be more profitable. And B, they are going to meet the bottom line because they're going to create a culture and a company that's much more happy and fulfilled, cohesive, cohesively together. That's so powerful. And I actually have an example within my own work and organizations where we actually start. It's funny enough, actually, Lubna, we we, we used Science and Next Start with Why around three years ago to to build a value set, to build the culture of our team of 15 salespeople. And we increased sales by six million and margin by one and a half million over three years. So totally validating the comment. Excellent. Totally validating the comment you made. So what I'd like to speak to, and I don't want to exclude other genders or how other people identify, I just wanted to focus on the men element because they do still dominate, you know, senior leadership roles currently. Um, Sure. um, What I think is powerful, though, and I want to sort of start to look to bring this uh, conversation together, is as you spoke about the the power and the, you know, the the wonderful role that mothers do, the, the diverse roles that mothers do. There's something for me, as, as you spoke just then as well, around this mixing of the masculine and the feminine energies in a positive, healthy, holistic way, to use your language, such that we can all thrive. Is there something there for you around balancing those energies more effectively as part of the work you do? 
not so much. I mean, I, I, I'm a speaker as well, so I speak on the topic actively, but on a day-to-day -day basis from a consulting point of view, I focus more on storytelling and marketing rather than diversity. Um, but I'm a huge believer in, in diversity. I, uh, you know, thank God I'm a happily married woman who has huge respect for men and for my father and for my husband and for the fact that they have been my biggest supporters. Um, I think it all comes down to the way you're raised as a human being, um, whether you're a male or a female. Yeah, so I'm a female today, but I have the utmost respect for males uh, mm. because I was raised like this. And if you're a male and you were raised in a way that respects women and the role they play in society, um, then, then I think you know, you, you'll do the same, you'll reciprocate uh, as well. So I think the best thing we can do in the world um, is, is to start from raising our kids and the younger generation in the right way. Because when you do that, you'll automatically have healthier workplaces. You can try to, to deal with the issue on a workplace level, but that's more of a shallow way of dealing with it anyway. Uh, because at some point it becomes like ticking, a ticking the box exercise. You know, I see all of these companies who just give lip service um, and talk about women and diversity and you know like on a day-to-day -day basis when they're hiring somebody and they look at a candidate and they say oh so you were just a mother like that that's not consistent with your lip service right <laughs> so <laughs> I think it just needs to start at home and at, uh, you know it's, it's all about how you raise raise your kids and you raise the future generation I don't know if that answered you or did I go off topic no, it, no, not at all. It's beautiful. No, the beautiful thing about this podcast is it's just a flowing conversation. No, it's really helpful. It's really helpful angle you just shared, actually. And I, and I really love, I'm just really fascinated, like your, your origin story and this really deep um, marketing. You, know, you have um, a BCom in marketing, a master's in communication. You did a digital marketing certificate. So like, this is really clear storytelling marketing thread throughout your life. But I'm just wondering... You know, what's next for Lubna in terms of, do you have any other sort of plans or projects or any maybe books to write? Because I think, you know, your story and the way you communicate is so beautiful and so clear and so, so inspiring. I'm wondering what's next for you. Okay, so I try in my life to uh, not have many things on my bucket list. It's the way I live because I'm always terrified by... Uh, because of my childhood, I'm always terrified by death. But the positive thing about this is that when you're terrified of death, you wake up every day and you say, I'm not going to leave any single thing on my bucket list and I'm going to live with purpose every day and, and live my dreams every day. But there is one thing that I still would love to do. Uh, so you can kind of call that on my bucket list and that's write a book. And I did start that, um, but I stop and start. Uh, just given my crazy schedule, to be honest, with managing my home and my work. Uh, but that's definitely something uh, that's next for me um, and, and something that's in the process. And it's a book about influencing. Um, so, so that's next for me. Um, the other thing that's next for me in terms of, um, you know, coming up, very soon next year, I was uh, very blessed to be chosen to take part in something called the social movement. Uh, the social movement is a global movement that addresses uh, social issues. 
Uh, and this is a TV program that's filmed in Canada once a year, and they are on season two next year in June. Um, so I was chosen to take part in this with my daughter. Uh, my daughter is 10 years old, and she's the youngest reporter in the Middle East. So we were chosen as a mom and to be part of the mom and daughter theme uh, to, um, to film that next summer. And we're going to be addressing cyberbullying. So we have four days in our team with a group of other mothers and daughters uh, to come up with a business plan to end cyberbullying. So this is something that's super exciting for me because I want to teach my daughter to take a stand in life and to stand for a cause and to be part of the social movement. So this is something that's um, next on my agenda as well. Oh, wow. And, and I, I can't even imagine how special that experience is going to be for you. Look, to, not, not only just for you, but to experience that with your daughter. That's amazing. Absolutely. I'm super looking forward to it. And what's, and what's, your, what's your hopes for her at the end of that project? What, what are you sort of hoping she feels and thinks? Of course, she's her own person. I'm just wondering what your, what's your hopes for her as she sort of steps into her sort of teenage years following that experience? So I think two things. The first one is to just uh, uh, always remember to stand for something and to stand for a cause because that's the root of storytelling. A storyteller is somebody who believes in a cause and who stands for their cause and, and doesn't let anybody or anything ever interfere with that. So that's the one thing that I'd like her to remember from that experience. And um, the second thing that I'd like to her to take away from this experience is a video record of me and her together because um, I just want my kids to have record of me and of my principles and of my beliefs. And I was a person who was completely offline, away from social media, completely all my life until last year. And um, last year I was watching a video of uh, Gary V and in it he says I do all of these videos because I want my kids to have record of me I want them to look at my videos one day and remember what I stood for remember my principles and my beliefs and that for me was a defining moment I believe in defining moments it was a defining moment for me because I froze and I was like oh my god I don't have videos online I don't have a social media presence I'm not on LinkedIn I'm not on Instagram um, I don't have, my kids don't have a video of me that actually, you know, will ever remind them of how I think and why I think the way I think. And when this happened, it inspired me to do the TED Talk. So that was the first, first thing I did. I sought a TED Talk or a TEDx Talk and I, I made it happen. Um, and the best achievement in this TEDx speech is not necessarily uh, people seeing it, although I'm very happy that people saw it and that's why we're connected today. But I wanted that TEDx speech so that my kids can see it live and so they can have record of it in the future so that they can refer to it and say, this is what mom stood for. So for me, I want my daughter to walk away from that experience next year and say, this is a video or a TV program showing me and my mom and I will remember that all my life because I'll remember what my mom stood for. And I remember that I'll always have to stand something for something in life. Wow. I'm, I'm having my froze moment as I hear you reflect on this. <laughs> Good. No, really. I, I, I've, not thought, I've not thought of it like that before. I really haven't. And that's, it's a really powerful... 
you know, I think the, the reason why I think of all of these things is, again, it's all back, it all goes back to my childhood. And I think if you reflect back on your life also, it, you'll always connect that back to my childhood. For me, the number one, I fear nothing and no one, nothing except death. Um, and because I do that, I live a fulfilled life every day. And because I do that, I wake up every day and I think, what could I do to leave record? What? And so the book is an example of record. The TEDx speech is an example of record. The social movement is an example of record. Everything I do is an example of leaving record so that I leave a story behind. And that story, as much as I would love it for, to be for other people, first and foremost, it's for my own kids. Because if you want to change the world, you need to start by changing your own home and by changing your own kids and environment so that you can raise healthy kids because when you do that that's how you create a ripple effect of changing society so for me it all the end result is always what record am i leaving behind and that's in various formats you know i started on linkedin only in feb i had i had a linkedin account which i never used i never used to write anything on linkedin or release any videos and that that moment for me when i heard gary v say that was a life-changing format for moment and i think what made it even um, stronger is i met the ceo in the same week and i was talking to the ceo and uh, he said to me he looked at me and he, he, he said how can you help me when you have no followers so for the first few minutes i actually sat there justifying myself i, I sat there and said i worked for the best companies in the world. I started naming them, Coca-Cola, the United Nations, this and that. I've consulted for the most important people in my life. So I started, sat there justifying myself to the CEO. Um, and then I stopped and I said, you know what? That's okay. I'm going to add you on LinkedIn. And if you don't mind, I would love for you to accept my invitation. Deal? He said, deal. He accepted my invitation the second morning. I sent him a message. And from there, I grew my LinkedIn like crazy. And so I've been on LinkedIn for only since Feb. And my LinkedIn, I mean, I don't write every day. I don't put content out every day, but it grew significantly since then. But it's not about the CEO and it's not about Gary Vee. It's about leaving record. That's all it is for me at the end of the day. Well, I don't think you could have pulled together the work you do, the the message of, you know, the only thing we, that, that matters, the stories we leave behind any better than you just did, Lovna, just your, your congruence. You know, I just, I just think it's beautiful how, how aligned and how congruent your mission is to serve others, but also what you want to leave behind yourself. It's, it's so inspiring, really. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's hard work, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not always easy work to step into your power for sure, but I think the it's, I think it'd be very clear to our listeners, those kind listeners that will join us um, in this conversation. But I just really want to thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for how you show up because it's, it's super inspiring, really. Oh, thank you so much for that. And I think if I can give advice to whoever is listening, when you choose to find your why or your purpose, and I have a video which I can share with you that you can kind of put in the comments section for, to, these are 10 questions to help people find their purpose. When you choose to go through these questions and find your why or your purpose, you're going to be tested time and time again. You know, I've, ever since I found mine and I've lived it, I've been tested time and time again. There were days when I'd wake up and say, this is too hard. I don't know if I can go on like this. I don't know if I want to do this because there are much easier ways to live. Um, 
But the only way you know that it's your true purpose is if you're tested time and time again and you still choose to do it. You choose to do it even if you have no money. You choose to do it even if you have to stay up all night. You choose to do it if you have to, uh, whatever it takes, you still choose to do it, uh, although you're being tested. And that's when you know it's your true purpose. Such a powerful reflection. And Thank you for sharing that with all of us, Lubna. How can people find you? What's the best way to connect with you if they want to follow up the conversation? So the best way to connect with would be on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Uh, or they can find me on my uh, personal website, which is just my name, lubnaforsley.com, or my company website, stories.co.ae. So any of these channels are, are fine. I, I also have an Instagram account. They can connect with me there. I'm not. I'm not super active on social media these days, but I, I, I definitely have a presence there. That's wonderful. Well, look, thank you so much for sparing the time. Genuinely, thank you for all you do, and have fun with your daughter on your on your project. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for everything. Take care. Thanks, Libna. Bye bye. Thank you. Hi there, just Gary Turner wrapping up again this stunning conversation um, with Lubna. First of all, one of the most deeply profound comments I've heard in a very long time. The only thing that really matters on our deathbed is the story we leave behind. You know, are we conscious, are we intentional around that story that we do want to leave behind? Just something for you as you join us in conversation to reflect upon. You know, it doesn't have to be a grand legacy. It can just literally be, do people, are they going to remember me how I want them to remember me? Will they remember me in the way that I wanted them to feel on an interaction with me? So for me personally, I ran my two obituaries as I learned from Ross Savage after doing the Have Courage Summit previously earlier in 2019. And I remember one of the things, you know, I want to leave other human beings having a positive impact or feeling better than when we engage with one another. Every time that I speak with someone, every time I engage, every time I communicate. Not always good at that, but that's how I want to be remembered in part um, when I'm gone. And uh, I really love this. The only thing that really matters on our deathbed are the stories we leave behind. I also love how Lubna speaks to the fact that positive stories move the world. Now, I've heard a number of times over the last few months that podcasting, you know, you're generously joining us on this platform is a form of modern day storytelling. So I'm really interested in you know, how do we actually help share more positive stories? Of course, we need to see the dark to see the light as well. I'm increasingly aware of that. But it is positive more stories, according to Lubna, that move the world. I also really loved it when she spoke about the fact that the only way you know if this is your true purpose is if it is tested time and time again and you still choose to do it. And my goodness, this resonates with me personally. Um, only recently on a Human First call, um, I was hosting it, the, the Monday Amir call, and I was just sitting there just thinking, you know, I'm really clear that I want to be co-creating and facilitating the safe spaces that unleash um, people's potential. But I was really wrangling with this and really, you know, is it actually my purpose? Are there other things I want to be doing? And... It, that is what I want to do, but it's not always obvious. It's not a straight line. There are forks in the road. Um, but if it is your true purpose, it will get tested time and time again, and you'll keep doing it. I really feel I'm on that journey myself right now. And then also, finally, to wrap up, it's really interesting hearing Lubna talk about Gary Vee 
and how one of his videos um, inspired her to start really focusing on video um, content so that as and when her time is up on this planet that she will have a load of different media that her family and her children can remember her by. And I think that's a really powerful reflection and one that I'm thinking about now, even with these podcasts, although it's not video, you know, I'm really intentional around leaving some form of media that, you know, my stepchildren there, you know, my future step grandchildren will be able to actually look back or listen back to, oh, is that's what Gary was uh, involved in? That's what you cared about. I didn't realize in part why I was doing what I was doing from that point of view. But I do feel this podcast and some of the work that I'm looking to try and impact the world with, will this will be in one part remembrance to that when my time is up. And then with it being Gary V, I have to give a shout out to the wonderful Claude Silver, who is increasingly becoming a close friend as I'm able to spend a bit more time with her over the recent months and hopefully going into 2020 as well. Just a wonderful human being, also that known as a chief heart officer at VaynerMedia with Gary V. So do connect with her. Um, do connect with Lubna, both amazing women doing fantastic work on this planet. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do uh, leave a review on your favourite podcast app, ideally a five star, if you believe it's worth that. If it's not, drop me a line, tell me why, how's this worked, how hasn't it worked. I'm all about being challenged and iterating and improving as much as getting uh, positive validation as well. And if you'd like to find out more about my work, you can find me at GaryTurnerZero, that's G-A-R-R-Y, on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. And you can also find me at The Listening Organisation and you'll find a whole range of different product offers there. And yeah, I'm still employed full time. I love my role. I'm looking after people and 20 million sales worth of business. So I'm always interested and curious to meet new people that may be looking to try and bridge their current role and trying to iterate and craft a role that suits them best. So until next time, till episode 87, thank you for joining me today with Lubna Forsley Badia.